Welcome to the EdTech Maven Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Geronimo, instructional designer, technologist, consultant, and, well, pretty much whatever role you can think of that works with learning, design, and technology. Thanks for joining us today and every week as we spend each episode exploring timely and relevant topics related to online teaching and learning, educational consulting, becoming an instructional designer, and a whole lot more. So grab your beverage of choice, sit back and relax, and let's chat. For those of you that are listening for the first time, you're probably wondering who I am and why I have a podcast about these topics. So first of all, feel free to call me Jeff, aka the EdTech Maven. I currently work full-time as the manager of an educational consulting and training team for a very large educational software company. I essentially lead a team of amazing consultants and trainers around the globe who deliver professional consulting and training services on all things related to e-learning and educational technology. Prior to my role as manager, I worked at many different organizations and educational institutions where I also wore many hats, from teacher, college and university faculty member, instructional designer, trainer, learning management system administrator, consultant, and the list just goes on. I have degrees in English, technical writing, and instructional technology. And to the question about why I have this podcast, well, it's pretty simple. I'm blessed to represent a field and industry that is truly unique and has many involving trends and challenges. In all of my years working as a consultant with clients, I often share best practices and tips in how to effectively navigate the world of e-learning and instructional design. And throughout my journey, I realized that there really isn't any one approach that you can take to be successful in this field because your success really depends on who you are what you want to do, and of course, where you want to go next. So what better way to continue sharing my passion and professional experiences than in this podcast? If you've made it this far listening to me ramble on, well, congratulations. You're obviously very interested, and I thank you for joining me on this journey. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Today, I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about formal degree programs in the world of instructional design and technology, because oftentimes I'm asked if it's worth the time and the money and the investment. And my answer is generally, it really depends on you and your goals. So let's talk a little bit more about this, um, because it's a really good question, uh, especially uh, coming from a lot of you who might be teachers or uh, from different career choices uh, where you're thinking about making this sort of shift to instructional design. And and sometimes this question comes up uh, right before even breaking into the world. Um, And although I can discuss this all day, I will first, you know, mention to everybody that no, you do not need a formal degree in instructional design or e-learning to be successful. I mean, obviously there are some merits to that. There's some great programs, great certificates even that help prepare you for some of the skills um, and the knowledge base that's necessary to actually be successful in whatever branch of e-learning you decide to work in. But is it absolutely necessary? No. Um, However, again, I'll talk about that in a different episode um, all day. I can talk about that all day. Uh, but one of the questions that I get specifically when we look at formal degree programs are specifically in PhD programs or uh, doctoral programs in instructional design. Like, is it worth it? Right. 
So um, I'm actually currently a doctoral candidate right now in instructional technology. So my response might be slightly biased, but I have learned a thing or two in the last you know, several years having been in that program um, and how it might differ to maybe the goals that you might have for yourself and in your own career choices. Um, but, you know, to, to kind of for, for starters, the reason I actually joined the doctoral program uh, actually at Northern Illinois University, that's also my alma mater for my one of my earlier degrees, is I really wanted to be well-rounded. I wanted to not only understand how to practice instructional design and know the ins and outs, but really understand the background and the theory, the pedagogical underpinnings, everything that uh, has been done in the field and kind of you know, try to synthesize the research and maybe try to make those connections between what's in the literature to what we can be doing out there in the real world. Um, however, is it something that I recommend for everyone? Absolutely not. Um, you know, doctoral programs, especially when you look at it in a field like education, uh, in which, you know, instructional design and technology is, is typically housed, um, it's a lot of research, right? And it's really, really great for those folks who are not only wanting to practice in the world of instructional design, but also hoping to contribute uh, in terms of research and contribute their uh, expertise to this wider body of knowledge and hoping to uh, to not only be a scholar, but hoping to train and teach the next generation of instructional design practitioners. Um and that's great. You know, if you have that goal or a similar goal of wanting to teach instructional design or do research in that, maybe a lot more so than just simply practicing, then that that's a great route. Um, but it's definitely not one that I recommend for everybody just because for a lot of us, and even myself right now, I'm currently working hands-on on that field. I, I'm not actively engaged in any sort of scholarly research uh, or anything like that, but uh, as a full-time practitioner, someone that's working in the field, um, if if that's something that you want to do as well, then no, it's absolutely not necessary to pursue a doctoral degree and unless you actually feel ready to do so or there's circumstances in your life or professional journey that maybe warrant you to take that next step. And that really is what I think it is. It is a true next step. It is not the starting point by any means. Um, and I think what makes it what makes the, uh, the the shift to doctoral programs a little bit more interesting and unique is um, most of times, depending on the institutions that you're looking at or maybe you're considering, um, just like with some other degree programs and different disciplines out there, instructional technology is not a, a one-stop shop Um for those of you that might be familiar, again, going back to education, that's typically a branch of education. So when you are looking at and researching programs, you're usually going to find either PhD programs or EDD programs. So either a doctor of philosophy in instructional technology or something related, or a doctor of education um, in instructional technology, again, or something related to that. Sometimes it's instructional design and technology, it's instructional design, learning design, sciences. There's a lot of similar names there uh, with, with similar strands of goals, some differences there. Uh, but you generally have to choose between an EDD or a PhD. And so the big difference there, of course, is uh, understanding, well, what your goals are, uh, which will hopefully kind of direct you to whether you want to do a PhD or an EDD. So for starters, 
EDDs or doctors of education primarily is a practice slash professional oriented degree. So if you're hoping to uh, go through a doctoral program in instructional designer technology, which I'll just kind of use as IDT right now, I'll, I'll use that as an acronym here for the rest of this podcast. Uh, if you're hoping to get a doctoral degree in IDT, if you're really much more practice oriented and you're hoping to maybe learn a little bit more about the tools and possibly some research, but it's really uh, your goal is to primarily be in some sort of full-time practice, maybe not scholarly research or teaching, the EDD is typically the preferred route uh, because although there is a lot of research and scholarly um, uh, components of that degree, it is not as research-intensive uh, as something like a PhD, where you're definitely going to find uh, more courses in research in both quantitative statistics and qualitative research as well. So if you're someone that absolutely does not like numbers or research, it's probably not the way to go uh, or the route to go. But PhD programs are becoming more and more common, especially within this field. In fact, the degree program I'm in right now uh, started as an EDD, but then I it, it, there was a shift and um, our program was given the opportunity to take extra research-related courses uh, if we wanted to transition over to the PhD. And part of the reason that I did that transition and why some folks might be more might be leaning more towards the PhD is that the PhD is to, it tends to be a biased degree. When folks look at it, especially hiring managers, particularly within academia and higher education, especially. Sometimes there is this notion that you might be judged if you have a professional degree like an EDD versus a PhD. And, you know, not speaking for all educational institutions out there, but there is this sort of stigma that sometimes PhDs are, are looked upon more favorably. So that could be one reason why some folks tend to go more towards that route. But, you know, another reason for primarily pursuing a PhD specific doctoral degree is if you are hoping to or planning to engage in some research, heavier scopes of research and scholarly activity. Um, now, part of the problem that I've seen, and this is actually is what forms the foundation of my own uh, dissertation research, which I'll get to in a little bit, is the fact that a lot of doctoral degrees uh, do not really stress uh, practice as much as it does research. And that's normal. Uh, that's not a fault. I just say that it's a problem because some students or prospective students who think about applying to doctoral programs uh, usually think that that this that these programs are going to give you advanced uh, training on tools and software and processes, and that's not always true. Uh, while you may encounter programs that do offer elective courses that will count towards the overall degree, you're going to find that many institutions uh, typically structure their doctoral curriculum to focus on seminars, uh, foundational courses, research courses. They're not necessarily the how-to types of courses. They're more so courses on the whys. Why is this important? Um, why are these models uh, important to remember? Um, so, you know, if you're someone that is hoping to focus on instructional design and you're wanting to enter some sort of a formal uh, degree program in that field and you maybe lack some of that knowledge or that, that practice-oriented knowledge, you're going to probably find out very quickly that a master's program or, or, or just a regular master's-based program is probably going to be better for you at this time because um, most folks who do typically transition in IDT 
in this field um, generally will start at the master's degree level, although there are some uh, undergraduate bachelor's degree programs starting to come on the rise that do provide training on training or e-learning. But most times you're going to find most programs have one or two year master's degree programs, which kind of combine the best of both worlds. You're going to find a stronger focus on the how-tos, the technologies, uh, the processes, um, and maybe a little bit of the research. But um, unlike doctoral programs, these master's degrees, again, are typically one or two years in length. Uh, and they typically will focus on some of the, the areas that you really want to focus on. And it is a program uh, that I, or a route, an academic route that I typically do recommend for folks who are not only breaking into the world of, of instructional design, but hoping to get some sort of formal academic training. Um, never do I recommend just jumping right in into a program like a doctoral program, because again, as I mentioned, it is truly a next step. But now let's kind of pivot a little bit, come, come back to the original uh, question about, you know, the, um, the doctoral program. Is it worth it? Again, if you've made it this far listening, you've kind of gathered that, it, it, as I mentioned, it really does depend. But to maybe provide a little bit more color um, and detail into this, you know, again, you do have to ask yourself, is this a next step for me in my process, right? Most folks who are... Uh, interested in applying for a doctoral program in IDT typically already have several years of experience in practice. It is not, again, that first step, that first discovery in instructional design. Although, admittedly, I, we do have some folks, even in my program, who did uh, start that program uh, for different reasons. They probably didn't have any specific number of years of experience. But again, everyone kind of comes in with, with different backgrounds. But generally speaking, most folks do have some years or some level of experience with IDT prior to joining the program. And most folks who do, again, join this program are really looking to do research and are really looking to do uh, scholarly activity and contribute and, again, teach. Uh, so if these topics are, are interesting to you or if this approach is what you're looking for, then great. This is, you know, the doctoral program is a wonderful uh, next step. Um, a lot of folks do ask me about my own um, experiences and my aspirations for why I did this uh, doctoral program, why I'm, I've decided to take that next step myself. Again, everyone's journey is different. Uh, my journey led me to the doctoral program back in 2011, uh, and partly the reason for that was I initially wanted to teach uh, and, and, and research in this field. Admittedly, of course, over the years uh, since 2011, my viewpoints have changed a little bit. Um, but, you know, my research agenda and my scholarly interests really hasn't changed too much. Uh, a large part of why I wanted to be part of this program and how I thought I could, you know, contribute to the body of knowledge, which is what you typically are doing in PhD programs, regardless of the field, um, is because of my interests and my experiences working uh, in practice. So um, part of my, or the core of my dissertation research uh, that's ongoing right now, and the reason I'm in this doctoral program and, and why I'm so interested in, you know, the PhD level of our field is um, coming from a sort of a non-traditional background. You know, I was someone that taught English and then I decided to break into the world of, of online learning because I was so interested in technologies um, but I also realized that because I came from such a unconventional background, as do many of us in the field do, um, 
I, I realized that I wanted to see if there were better ways to prepare and train and teach the new future generations of IDT practitioners. And that's the scope of my research is um, doing research and finding out what can we do to really improve uh, what we teach in our academic programs to better prepare tomorrow's IDT practitioners. Um, for instance, we have a lot of folks who, through research and surveys, have expressed that they wished, because they didn't learn this, they wished that they would learn a little bit more about project management, or they wish they had courses or taken courses in consulting to better prepare them for you know, industry positions where you are working with clients. These are courses that are not typically taught um, in, in academia at the graduate level. Um, again, you might be doing research, you might be trained in, in those areas, but you may not always have those on-the-job types of training. And, and part of my research and my interests uh, was looking into this a bit more and finding out, you know, what does the research out there say? Um, what have past researchers done to explore and hopefully address this problem? And more so, what can we do to really improve these programs, um, these academic programs for tomorrow? Is it the fact that maybe we need to uh, restructure our curriculum to include areas of focus on things like project management and consultative skills or um, more training on tools and processes, you know, things like that. And so that was my, that was my personal, uh, you know, journey and my personal reasons for why I've started the doctoral program. Um, now, why I uh, am not done with this program, as many of you are probably wondering, well, if he started in 2011, shouldn't that take him just a few years to complete? And why is he not done now? I mean, it's, you know, December 2020, what's going on? Uh, and that's a great question. Uh, and admittedly, this is one of those things where, again, sometimes your your ideas and your uh, goals and your journeys change. Uh, most PhD programs or EDD programs um, or even really doctoral programs in general run about three to four years, especially if you are um, taking the program full-time. Sometimes it's much longer if you're part-time and definitely a lot longer than that, like in my case, if you have other circumstances that have kind of maybe had you shift your goals. Uh, my reasoning for um, my program or my being still in the program is I officially completed all of my courses uh, around 2014, and I entered what we call our candidacy uh, phase, where I've taken all of the required written exams and courses, I've passed everything. Uh, but from that point forward, that's really where you spend time working on just one thing, and that's your dissertation. Uh, that final culminating body of work that you write the uh, on original research and expressing the result of your research and because of my own my own career trajectories that's just really taken a lot of time on my hands and I've focused a lot of time on my work which was my my decision to do so so that was one of the reasons I am currently still in the program I'm not um, I'm not done yet I'll be done very soon uh, but I've just decided to take a little bit of break from the schooling aspect of this and focus more on my career and just finding that balance between the two, which, of course, arguably is a little difficult to do during these crazy times. Uh, but, you know, hopefully that gives everybody a, a chance to kind of think about, you know, uh, why you might be interested in doing a doctoral program. Uh, hopefully, as I've reiterated several times throughout this episode, hopefully it's not your first step. Hopefully this is something that you're thinking about as a next step. Uh, and uh, hopefully my experiences are, are helpful for all of you that are thinking about, you know, taking that next uh, step into maybe that 
scholarly or that research side of the house, because again, it is a program, uh, it's a academic program that requires and demands, you know, a lot of your attention and a lot of your time. So it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, but if it is the right choice for you, hopefully um, you start to explore a lot of the different programs out there. Um, as we wrap up this episode, we're a little out of time here, um, but I just wanted to mention that one of the final questions I get a lot is, you know, where do I get started uh, in looking at these programs if I've decided that that is my next step? That's a great question, um, and I'm not here on this podcast to endorse or recommend any specific programs, but what I will say is do your research because depending on what, what kind of program it is that you're looking for, whether you're looking at a EDD or a professional doctor of education degree or a full-on PhD program, a doctor of philosophy degree where you'll be engaging in much more uh, hardcore research, it, it really depends. Uh, take a look at a lot of the academic institutions out there who offer these programs at the doctoral levels. And my advice is to look at the curriculum. Uh, take a look and see the, the program of study. Find out you know what kinds of things you're learning. Find out if you have the ability to add on elective courses. Usually these are courses that are typically offered at the master's level, but they do count to the doctoral uh, curriculum and, and to your program of study. So if you do have the ability to, to not only learn about research uh, and other deeper underpinnings of, of the IDT world, but you're also able to kind of bring in some of the more practice-oriented courses, maybe some courses on project management and consulting skills, by all means, please take those courses because those are you know, areas in the IDT profession that are sometimes overlooked and uh, folks don't realize how important those areas are until you're actually out there working. Uh, so hopefully all of you uh, found that this uh, this episode to be helpful. I mean, there's definitely a lot of areas to, to consider um, and a lot of variables to consider as we look at different options uh, for, you know, on-the-job training. But again, hopefully my point was made here in this episode in that if you are considering a doctoral program, let that be a next step. Let that not be your first step. Uh, and hopefully you, all of you enjoyed these insights. If you have any questions, let me know. But hopefully I'll see you all again in a new episode next week. Uh, but thank you all for joining me today in the EdTech Maven podcast. This is your, I'm your host, Jeff Geronimo, and I'll talk to you soon.